Welcome back to How It's Played. My name's Eli Silva, and joining me along today is... Brad Killian. And... Alexander Smith. Awesome. So recently, Ubisoft has released Assassin's Creed 3. It's remastered. <laughs> Ooh, finally, we're getting back to the good old days of the more classic Assassin's Creed. It's about time. It's <laughs> but, um... Were you guys even aware that this game was released, honestly? Absolutely not. No, this kind of came out of the blue. Like, they had a couple of trailers for it, but it was kind of like Apex Legends. It just kind of came out. (laughs) I know. Honestly, it was really weird because, like, I I sort of played Assassin's Creed 3, but, like, not a ton. So, like, when it actually, when they announced the remaster, I seriously considered getting it. But then, like... I don't know. I just remasters are a little bit weird, and I don't have as much money as I would like to spend on video. Got to wait for that tax return, boy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'll just get all the remasters. It's then. a lot harder now when you don't have like mom and dad just be like, "Mom, mom, can I get the, can I get this game, please?" <laughs> I, I have a job, and it I've all goes good. to rent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, have you guys ever played the original? I did actually. Yeah. Did you actually beat it? Oh, I yeah, I beat it multiple times. Oh man, nice. How about you? So, so, it's so weird. My first Assassin's Creed game was Brotherhood, which was the middle of the Ezio trilogy. I have never played one. I didn't play Assassin's Creed two or Revelations. I played three and four, and I think that's it. <laughs> so, I really I really like Brotherhood. I see. I, I'm the expert on this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people jumped a uh, ship after uh, Assassin's Creed Four. If you get my uh, joke, you <laughs> oh. know, get it. But up, up, bump. But I mean, um, if I remember right, the original wasn't re- really received too well. The uh, original. Well, you got to remember the original is kind of like a prototype, so they want to make sure everything kind of comes in. They decided for the original to come up with the most historically accurate that they can. Did it make it fun gameplay? Kinda. But overall, the story and the plot was kind of mixed. Assassin's Creed 3 was such a big departure from what they had going before, because before Assassin's Creed 3, you had three other games with Ezio, like, as this, you know, character through in and throughout. You also were in a bunch of, like, bigger, like, more condensed cities, like Rome and the like i actually like i said i didn't play revelations so i know it was like a middle eastern istanbul okay yeah that one not constantinople yeah. oh, both. they, they <laughs> both called it that oh but, really yeah they had one side of it that was calling it constantinople and the other side of it was calling it istanbul Don't it was like the know. revelation and the turning point to naming it oh i see okay it was really clever Okay, that makes so, sense. Yeah, but regardless, it's just like going from like very populated cities to like a wilderness and like this burgeoning, you know, American colonies. And it's like n- nothing felt like super like as like tall as some of these like clock towers to unlock your map. And because of that, I like I, I played probably 50 percent of the way through but i just sort of dropped it like i didn't really care for the hunting sort of side missions of course you know the the naval combat was amazing as we would later later see with uh black flag but yeah i just i couldn't get into the story as well i like what they did at the beginning Mm -hmm. where they faked you out with um spoiler yeah Yeah. spoiler for what is it like 10 year old game now remember the remaster comes out for these little kids who want to play yeah (laughs) these little kids role-playing you know hacking and slashing throughout history buddying up with george washington (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i mean 
if you think about it, I think that was like Assassin's Creed was a really good turning point for like I wouldn't say good, but like a really big turning point for how open world games were perceived because I think back then like open world games were sort of newish. Um I mean, yeah, you had like the big cities and stuff, but like in terms of like reach and spread, they weren't very like mm-hmm. large like if you think about it on like a flat surface kind of deal. So like I have a feeling like AC3 was just like they looked at that and they're like, we can make our map bigger because people like running around it and stuff. But like, what if we just make it, you know, you know, the United States? Like, it's really weird because like I feel like they sort of traded in some of that like sort of epic moments with you know the buildings just for like simply running around like yeah. out in the wilderness, which isn't what <coughs> Assassin's Creed is really like, or I would say like assassins are just really known for. Honestly, um, when it comes down to Assassin's Creed, you actually find most of your time running. Yeah, seriously. That's true. Like, oh, anytime I was playing uh, Brotherhood, I would have to find myself running from all the way north of Rome, all the way to south of Rome, and I can't find the uh, fast travel area. <laughs> it was just like, well, here I go, all running and stuff. But it's actually a very common occurrence. But mm. yeah, Assassin's Creed Three kind of took that to a little new heights when they introduced the wilderness. Yeah. I mean, it it was a little bit weird having to, like, hunt down things that were not just people. It's like, oh, yeah, you also have animals and stuff you have to go after, which... Although, mm. that that rope dart was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> See, that didn't get... I, didn't, I don't think I oh, got quite that far. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, uh-huh. so let me explain this. The rope dart in Assassin's Creed 3 was so dynamic and everything. You could literally put it... It's like the hidden blade. You could use it for multiple uses. I used it to hunt bears. Oh my gosh. I, all I did was I threw the rope dart down at a bear and I yanked it up through a tree. And I'm like watching this one-ton bear get yanked up by a rope and I'm just cracking the hell up. <laughs> We're going to get sued by PETA. <laughs> it's official. Yep. Come at us. Uh, come at us. But um, I think the the weirdest thing about like Assassin's Creed 3 that it was released last generation... Like, compared to, like, two generations ago or something like that. Because, like, if you think about it, it wasn't too long ago. Like, I mean, yeah, the PS4 and Xbox One do have quite a bit of technical differences. But, like, the last generation was still HD. It wasn't, like, yeah, granted it wasn't 4K, but, like, there's not a huge leap from from HD to 4K. It still feels like, you know, like, just, you know, a couple years ago. It's, like, it doesn't feel like... You know, this grand sweeping return of a long forgotten classic who's just like, hey, remember this game? Have it again, but like prettier. Yeah, and you gotta think about it like this all AAA games are doing this. All AAA companies, like uh, Call of Duty did it for uh, Modern Warfare Remastered. I think Bulletstorm did it for their games. Uh, Resident uh, Evil. Resident Evil just did it, but that was more for PS2 games. Um, or as another example, um, Ubisoft actually made the Ezio collection, which we all know did not do very well as a remastered. If you saw all the Assassin 2 graphics, you would understand where I'm going for because their eyes literally fell out, popped out of their sockets. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Unity all over again. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. And now I have that in my head. Yeah, you got that image head. about the faceless man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's really weird because, like, I remember, like, Early on when the PS4 gets, like, you know, like, when it, that got released, they did the Last of Us remastered, which mm-hmm. sort of makes sense, especially if you don't have a PS3. But, like, for, like, players who have been, like, part of this, like, sort of system and cycle for a while now, I would think at least they would have some, you know, 
other Assassin's Creed game, like you know, like for example, Odyssey's out now, and like yeah. like Origin, and practically Assassin's Creed is like a yearly series now. Even though I really despise that like <laughs> so much, I have like they have to keep up with all of them Call of Duties in the world. Is is there Assassin's Creed coming out this year? I didn't I, think there was. I, I hope did not, not hear of anything. There might that usually comes out in May. There might be an E3 announcement like this year about an Assassin's Creed coming out, like, next year. I, I thought, like, since they transitioned to this, like, sort of Witcher-esque Assassin's Creed, like, with Origins and Odyssey. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. It's, like, take a little bit, like, longer to develop them, but, like, make them more, feel more, like, rich yeah, as they, an experience. They didn't release anything at PAX East, but we still have E3 coming up, so yeah. I'd hold, your, hold breath to that. I mean, but if you think about um, the differences between... Like the Assassin's Creed Three and the remaster, do you feel like there's enough technical differences for them to like warrant re-releasing it again? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because when I was looking through uh, Assassin's Creed Three, the graphics are so stupendous. It is the best remaster I have seen, ex- for the exception for graphics, for the exception of uh, Modern Warfare remaster, because that one changed so much from the original Call of Duty that came out. But this one added a little bit more to that. It kept the like gra- the uh, fight style that you see in Odyssey as well as Origins. And it also improved on the mini-map, a couple of technical g- difficulties that Assassin's Creed 3 had. It also gives you all the DLC as well as liberation from the PSV port. It's actually pretty well packed together for a, actually a 40 buck game. Hmm. Yeah, it, it all, it's always going to feel... This is this is why I I prefer to go for games that have more of like a uh, I don't know exact like not realistic looking games like you know your Call of Duties or Assassin's Creed like I prefer your Overwatches I prefer you know like your Legend of Zelda's where it's like more of a timeless like a timeless aesthetic like you can pop in Wind Waker from like the GameCube. Yeah. And, like, it still looks amazing. I feel the same way with uh, Team Fortress 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Team because Fortress. those those graphics, it, it's so, it's like, what, now a 12-year-old game? And I still love it. The interesting thing about um, looking back on games that are pretty timeless, like Wind Waker, people originally hated Wind Waker oh, yeah, so man. much because they're like, oh, it looks cartoonish, it doesn't look realistic. <laughs> Too much water. Too, like, <laughs> Polygon like, review, too much water. <laughs> no, that was Pokemon, wasn't it? No, 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 this was, uh, that was Wind Waker. But like the seven point eight, yeah, it was just really weird, honestly, because people used to hate having like non-realistic games, and now that it's easy for us to do that, a lot of people are like praising games that are not really as realistic. But like speaking about graphics, like the one thing that really ticked me off about the uh, Assassin's Creed Three Remaster is like how characters look. Like mm-hmm. the environments look great, the the shadowing looks great. But the characters themselves look, look pale right. as heck. Like, it looks like they just, like, got out from, like, a winter. Yeah, Ubisoft struggles at that a lot. Because, again, as I pointed out, Assassin's Creed 2, their faces look like the beginning of 3D models. Like, mm-hmm. they are, like, so broken. Like, and the thing is, like, they used to look better. Because, mm-hmm. like, the older Assassin's Creed 3, like, while it may not look the greatest... It has specific kind of, like, darker, like, more, like, I would say, like, sort of faded style to it. It's, like, it's like you know, the, there's that Family Guy joke where it's like, you know, the they've been watching the news on, like, their 480p or 720p, whatever, TV. Mm-hmm. And it's like the minute they 
you know, bump up to like a flat screen 1080p <laughs> TV, then all of a sudden the newscasters look ugly as all get out. And it's like it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of the same way for like some of these like early 2000s games where it's like we remember them looking so good, but it's like when we try to play them now, it's just like this ugly mesh of just like browns and sort of like grays and greens, you know. The weird thing about this is this is this wasn't really a giant deep dive for Assassin's Creed because once they went from 3 to 4, like that was on next gen consoles and it, it, they looked like normal character models and everything had the same aesthetic. I don't know why the hell they had the uh, problem of transferring that over if they've ha- if they succeeded in the rest of the PS4 and Xbox One generation consoles. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why they didn't succeed with the character models is because they changed the entire lighting system. That's true. Because, like, if you think about, like, what I've noticed with a lot of, like, remasters and stuff, especially <laughs> Skyrim. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's be, that, let's be that's honest. That's not even a remaster. That's just them trying to make even more money. <laughs> but, I, I mean, like, honestly, they're like, we've revamped the lighting system. Look at us. We're so smart and we care for our customers. And, like, it looks the same. And, like, I looked at Assassin's Creed and I'm like, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah, sure, your you know your game may look prettier, but it's still the same game, and it's still the same characters that I didn't give a damn about the first time, and probably not going to care about still this time. You know, killed by a giant at level five, flinging up in the air. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, why do you think that like companies release games like this, like re-release them, like? Do you think it's purely money? Do you think that they're just like, oh, some new people got into like gaming and we just want them to like be have that older experience? This is a touchy subject because it can purely be money. I feel like Assassin's Creed's were purely money. And for the exception of the Ezio collection, people were dying to ask for that. They wanted a remaster of that one. But um the the other types that actually that it's community driven for most of the cases. When Activision bought the rights for both Crash and uh, Spyro, they were at, they were asking. It was like, listen, we don't want to see Skylanders. We want to see these remasters. We want to see these remakes, and they've actually turned out pretty well. Activision has been going on down in their promise. However, there's also the times like Modern Warfare Remastered. That one was definitely a cash grab because they had they used loot boxes that you had to buy the DLC separate. And um, the only thing that was really kind of turned up about it was just the campaign. So there is times where it's just purely money, but then there's times for the community aspect. They wanted to focus on the community as well. Yeah. What do you think, Ren? Mm, I think I, first and foremost literally anything a company ever does like first and foremost will always be about like earning money whether that be 60% of their goal or just like 20% or whatever it's always going to be about making money mm-hmm. but like when it comes to like remastering games i feel like there is sort of this idea of preservation in like video gaming culture where it's like we 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 live in an age now where it's like you know, update culture where it's like, you know, every two weeks we're expecting, you know, games like Apex Legends or Call of Duty or whatever to get an update that changes the game somehow. But it's like, what, like, what do you do for those people that, you know, want to play the game as it was intended when it released, you know? And I think like with these remasters, they sort of like, it's, it's much bigger than just like a balance tweak for a multiplayer game. But I, I think there is like, somewhat of a desire to want to preserve like where we've come from and like 
you know, it, these, these, especially with franchises like Assassin's Creed, where we have like 15 games or however many, it's like there, there, there's always going to be a, a desire to see like where we've come from. So, an interesting thing that I've noticed, and like this is actually just driving up one game, one that inspired the community so much was uh, the Ratchet and Clank series. If you follow the Ratchet and Clank how uh, from the PlayStation Three thing, they had three great titles. Are like two great titles, and then they dipped off because they started making poor and cheaper things. And then they had a reboot where they not only were they given a brand new game, a whole entire not a remaster but a remake. And then they were also is coincided with a movie that actually did pretty well as a video game movie. Mm-hmm. And then it was like th- that was something that they wanted to do for the community. But yes, in the in the long standing point, companies are really kind of just doing this to make money. And besides that, mu- that movie did pretty decently. I got, I think I got like two hundred million dollars from the movie, and then from the game, I got. I might be wrong on this one, but three hundred million. And it was then a pretty it, good. It was a, it's a pretty decent game, and it was forty bucks too. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was very cheap, and people like they wanted the original feel of Ratchet and Clank coming back, and it was a very interesting thing to make this remake and have a, a giant leap. And companies sometimes do that, so that way they can get a fresh start. So maybe I'm not entirely sure, but mm. yeah. I mean, I find it really weird that companies are sort of just cashing in on a lot of this stuff. Like, granted, I feel like I I probably have bought a remastered if I think of it. Like, pro- like I think the greatest example I can think of is Mario Kart Eight, and then I also bought bought Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, which I am <laughs> so. the biggest sucker for Mario Kart. So that's. That's my issue. I mean, the double items, man. The double items. It brought back <laughs> GameCube era memories. So, just for clarification, like, when we're talking about the difference between a remake and a remaster, a, a remaster is, that that's when they're, like, upping textures. They're, like, mm-hmm. you know, fixing old bugs and just basically taking the game from several years ago and just making it, like, prettier now. Whereas, like, with the remake, they're fundamentally changing like aspects of the game. Yeah, with a remaster, it's kind of like we changed a little graphics here. Maybe we fixed a couple of glitches here. Assassin's Creed Three is yeah. a remaster, yes. and, and then uh, like uh, a remake would be the new uh, Crash Bandicoot racing thing, because mm-hmm. they not only fixed the gl- glitches and bugs with that, they added new characters, maps, they added maps from uh, different games and personal and mm-hmm. things like that. They basically just tear it down and build and then it build up it back again. up. Yes. Like, yeah. I just find it really weird how there's, like, all these different types of games. Like, yeah, you have the original, but then you also have, like, the ports, and mm-hmm. then you also have the, the remasters and the, like, remakes. And, like, for example, like, the deluxe versions of, like, Nintendo games. Like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, fir- I can't believe I got suckered into that, but I, I did multiple times. But the good thing I think about Nintendo was when they first started doing remasters and reboots, I think it was Pokemon was when they were doing it. I, Leaf Green and Fire Red. Yeah, I've been, wait- I've been waiting to talk about those two because they are by far my favorite, like, mm-hmm. remasters. Mm-hmm. I they, don't they think were- I would call them remasters. I would call them remakes. Or, yeah, yeah, remakes. Yeah, because they introduced Gen 2 as well and the trading system with Gen 3. Which was actually very nice because you could just collect all the Pokemon. I, I think this is a more like arbitrary term though because if you think about like 
going back to Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, mm-hmm. you said that there's a couple new mechanics as well. So, like, is that technically a remaster? How it, much changed? Well, it has theming? to change the whole entire game. The The big thing that was kind of changed was I, I would, crafting. Yeah, I would say it's, like, the core gameplay loop. Like, if that is the same as, like, the original game, like, the core gameplay loop of, you know, going to a person, receiving a quest... You know, fo- like do- following the quests and instructions, and then turning it in for your reward. Like that's your core gameplay loop. If that is like the same as it was in the original, then it's like, mm-hmm. then it's a remaster. But if like if, for example, you add I don't know branching dialogue or like alternate routes for your quests, then you can you, you can call that a remake. And I would say, Assassin's Creed Three, even though they've added, like, have they added like? You know, new stuff mm-hmm. to it. Then they just brought back the DLC okay. with George Washington and Liberation. Yeah, so it's th- this is literally just like a remake. Yeah. But it's like even if um or remaster. remaster. Yeah. It, remaster is a longer word, and so it's like I'm associating <laughs> it with like bigger change. Wait, just just call it remast. Yeah, it's yeah, all the same Perfect. letters. There you Perfect. Go. <laughs> so yeah, but it's like even if, even if a game was going to come out and like say it's a shooter game and they add like you know. A, a, like two, like ten new guns or whatever. I feel like the core gameplay loop at that point is still the same. Mm-hmm. If it's like, if it's more like, if it's more of an adventure game, maybe not like a straight up shooter like CS:GO, but you know, if it's like an adventure game and they add like maybe one or two new items, the core gameplay loop is still there. So it's like, it, I don't think it warrants the remake sort of mantra. If you really want to go on to specifics on how like a remaster can be shown, I think Call of Duty Modern Warfare was the best example because they took remaster and stretched it out to the possible limits. Mm-hmm. Because they that as I previously stated, you bought supply drops, you bought um you bought map packs, and then they stretched it out even more. You kept buying guns, you kept buying skins, you kept buying characters over and over again, like the whole Call of Duty loop that they've been doing since Advanced Warfare. And they kept going with that. And so that's it didn't change the gameplay mechanics because Call of Duty has been doing that for over on and on and on. That's what made it a remaster. However, if you go on to Resident Evil 2, I remember when Resident Evil 2 was such a buggy mess, I could barely even play it. Yeah. Now you have Mr. X following you around and I'm scared, poopless, all right? Yeah. It is really just kind of like a whole entire change. They not only fixed the game, but they added different levels, they added different mechanics. Instead of the top-down shooter thing, they actually made it third-person as well, which was very nice. (laughs) I mean, that is what a remake is. It basically changes almost everything and puts it back up. Okay, so what do you think is stopping people from buying the older version of a remaster then? Like, um, I can I can understand, like, a remake because it introduces new things, but a remaster is a little bit different case then. If it's simply just, like, tuning up the, like, the graphics and stuff, and they, they can go to their, like, local store and buy the original, like, Assassin's Creed 3 for, like, what, 10 bucks compared to... It's not even there anymore. <laughs> Like forty, I don't know. You, you like, just you go to a mega replay and you find it for five. Exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. But like, why would the why would anyone buy like a new one? Do you guys um, think of any solid reason? It, I would. I think it's marketed towards mainly the younger generation. Because if us older generation, it's like, okay, a nice little nostalgia pack is okay. We could play that. Unless you're Skyrim and you bought the special edition, you're an idiot, and <laughs> I bought it, so I'm the idiot here. Um, 
So when it comes down to a, so when it comes down to one of these new games, and you get these kids who are like, "Mommy, mommy, buy this. Here's your credit card. Use this." I'm like, oh "Okay, gosh. I'm not paying attention." So. And then uh, it comes down to the point, it's like, these new kids are being enthralled of a previous generation, which actually could be a decent marketing strategy. But overall, I feel like how this is marketed, it's like, you do this for the nostalgia, and that's it. That's pretty much it. And that's how they've uh, released as trailers. They did that for uh, both Assassin's Creed, uh, the Ezio collection, and this when I saw the trailers. They did it for Modern Warfare Remastered. It was like, look how cool this looks now. They also did that for a couple of other games. I'm trying to remember. Oh, they did it for Last of Us as well. Mm-hmm. They literally, Last of Us Remastered came out a year later and they stat- and they did the whole nostalgia thing. It's like, look how cool this looks. You'll get the feel again. Even though it only came out a year ago, I was like, Look, okay, this is great. <laughs> if you want a great drinking, if you want a great drinking game, just like search like remaster trailers on YouTube and take take a shot every time you see the word relive. Oh my God! Like, yes. Oh man. Yeah, this, the nostalgia is the key selling. Point. It's literally the only reason. Yes. Like honestly, because like, I mean, there are like some arguments about like hardware limitation, where it's like if the current generation doesn't have backwards compatibility, like the original Xbox One didn't have, then it's like, yeah, you probably would be more susceptible to want to buy a remaster if you, you know, really want to see what, like, all the hubbub is about a game. But, like, now with the latest Xbox One and the PS4 having backwards compatibility, I feel like there's less... PS4 doesn't have that. Or do they not have, like, classics? No, what PlayStation does is it has a streaming service called PS Now. Oh, okay. And then it's 20 bucks a month, and you get to relive all all your old games. I just relived playing uh, Rage, which, holy crap, I forgot how stupid that game was. But uh, you get to relive. Rage 2 is coming out. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. I hope they, (laughs) like, the biggest thing I hated about Rage was the save files. You had to to manually save, and I didn't know when it was a good time for me to save, so I always died and had to retrack another hour's journey. Rage is made by Bethesda, right? Yes, it is. How how do they not understand how save files work? Because, like, weren't there, like, problems with, I think it was, like, Fallout 3 or something, where it's, like... Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Yeah, where it's, like, you would literally... By saving, you would. I think this was like a console specific thing where it's like having multiple save files would like mess with your console's RAM and like would cause like your game to just it did it with slow to a chug. It did it with Skyrim too. Of course it did. Like, like, oh there was God. literally a time when I was trying to do the Legion quest and I was like almost there, and then boom, corrupted file. Yeah. Boom, corrupted file. That was so bad. Bethesda has such has such good like IP, such good worlds. Well, now they do. But give them now it's okay. gotten better that they they haven't had too many crash. We're going to exclude Fallout seventy six by this. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. <laughs> but mm, most of the time, I don't they've want... gotten better with auto saving. They've gotten better with uh, a manual saving and crashing. Look, look at Doom and Prey as an example, yeah. if you really want to. I mean, I don't know. I just I feel like. Listening to like all these remasters and stuff, I just feel like they're just—it's overwhelming. There's just there's just no original ideas whatsoever. Like if you think about it, like the Assassin's Creed series has gone downhill, so mm-hmm. that they're so that they're looking back in the older game, they're like, we'll just release release Assassin's Creed three again, and that's like how a lot of companies are going about it. I think the best way to look at this is that it's gaming evolution. Now, if you guys remember, Atari was the dominant race, correct? 
and then a bad prior happened with the Atari crash, and then came out as Sega. Oh. Sega was the next big deal, and then Nintendo was the next big deal, and then PlayStation, then Xbox, then PlayStation and Nintendo, then PlayStation again, then Nintendo and Switch, and it was like the it, of it has people. these it has these growths. <laughs> Activision had a big one when it was between 2007 and I think 2015. That was their big gap. Uh, Ubisoft had the same thing when it came down with Ezio up to Black Flag. Everyone has these great gaps. And so the only way that I believe that they're going to start trying to relive it is not by making this new and original content. Activision will keep doing Call of Duties. That's all they're good for at this point in time. And so they're going to try to do, keep doing these remasters and remakes to keep their companies going. Because I've seen a lot of new games. Uh, Sirico came out, right? Yeah. And that one is amazing. Horizon Zero Dawn was done by an indie developer as well. And that one looks amazing. This is the new step of a new evolution of gaming. So when the, these old AAA companies start seeing this, they're getting afraid. They're getting afraid that something bad is going to happen and it's going to come their way. Mm. So these remasters and remakes that come out are going to be like their stepping point. Well, here's the thing. So when you get as big as a company like Activision Blizzard or EA, mm-hmm. you you don't take risks. Even though it, it's almost like a paradox where it's like you have the money where you're willing to take, like where you're able to take the risk and be fine, but you just don't. So it's like you see like Activision Blizzard don't have any mm-hmm. like new IP slated for this year or like... Well, the past two years, actually. Yeah, where it's I'm seeing like still going forward, they're still not having like anything new come out, mm-hmm. um, and it's like EA, like they've been fumbling quite a bit lately. It's like granted they did have Apex Legends mm-hmm. have become sort of like a sleeper hit for them, and then and then Anthem An- Anthem crashed despite yeah yeah despite how much marketing. They oh my god, they that. put in so much marketing. It, it was called Beyond. If before Anthem, and I was like, "This is a great trend," and they try to make the whole entire video it's game trailers like, "Oh, bonus points for killing this monster!" Like, man, you really want your own destiny? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was, it was, it was cringy from the beginning. But I mean, I feel like there are at times like there are new. Obviously, there are still new like things going on. But I feel mm-hmm. like just like a bigger surge of just remasters and stuff recently. Like literally the other day, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy. Like remastered came out to like the Switch and oh Xbox and PlayStation, and that thing's been ported over to like iPhones, like 3DSs, you know, like everywhere practically. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just constant now. It's a weird normal that I'm not quite used to. I I go back to the part like I agree what you say. AAA companies have gotten to the point where they stop taking risks. Except for EA, I think they've been trying that, and they've failed multiple well, times. They allowed Respawn to take a risk. Yeah. But it's like they themselves, like EA themselves, they're pretty much only good for, like, Madden and FIFA. Yeah, pretty much. Well, anything, and they own all of those sports, so it doesn't really matter there. Yeah. But, um, like, they are going to get lazy, and they're going to get complacent with their own titles. So when new competition comes out, a.k.a. Battle Royale, with literally both companies... Literally, Blackout and Apex Legends. Uh, like, that's when they'll start kind of kicking things into third gear. But when they look at these other games that are, like, totally different from what they've done before, they just kind of take a step back and say, you know what, we'll just make a remaster. That'll get us money. I mean, do you think that there's going to be too many remasters and remakes? Do you think there already is? I don't. I can't say that for certain yet. It's I mean, It's kind of hard to judge. 
I honestly, I don't mind like anyone wanting to like re-release like their game because it's like compared to like making a new game, like remastering your game is not as demanding. It's like it's not as expensive either. Yeah, it's just fairly cheap. Up upping your textures, changing some tweaks and stuff. It's like and like with the sheer amount of games that are coming out now, of course you're going to see remasters in the future. Maybe to a lesser degree since everything is just slowly inching their way towards everything just being a PC, but like with a different coat of paint. I would like to point out if they make a Modern Warfare 2 remaster, oh my god, Toxic Multiplayer is going to be at its highest again. One man army with noob tubes. What if? Uh, oh my god. What if the the Call of Duty like region based franchising league is like gonna be Modern Warfare two? That would be insane, you know, because like that that's a thing that's like been talked about, and it's like, yeah, I imagine a lot of people. It's like, what? I don't want to watch like the Call of Duty version of like football or whatever. It's like. But I think if you attach it to one of the most popular Call of Duty games of all time, I think a lot more people would be like, hell yeah, sign me up, let's go. I'm going to relive the good old days and now be signed to a team and, you know, get paid for it, you know? I think... That would uh, be really cool. I think that... The, I, I hope that there aren't as many remasters mm-hmm. um, as there... Like, as you said, there will be. Um Merely because, like, when you think about technology, like, the only way I can see it, like, really evolving is, like, maybe getting closer to, like, VR, like, experiences and, like... Mm-hmm. Skyrim VR. Like, Skyrim <laughs> VR. Yeah, just... But better, please, because Skyrim VR is a little bit... It's eh, cringy. It's cringy, so... It's... Yeah, it's not great. Um, Doom a lot VR of VR. was fun. What's up? Doom VR. Yeah, Doom VR was great. Yeah. I just think that, like, VR isn't completely... Flat. I, I think it has the most potential... I feel like it, VR is fantastic for indie games because, like, like the Rick and Morty one that they did, Job Simulator, stuff like that. Beat Saber. Yeah, Beat Saber. All these indie games are great for VR. But when it comes down to AAA games, I don't really think they can really do much except do remasters and remakes. But the thing is, that leaves them with so much potential. I know. Like, I wouldn't mind remasters and stuff if they were actually good through, like, maybe VR and stuff, which sounds weird at the moment, but, like, the poten- the potential is there. Like... Like, think about, like, a regular PC and, like, just watching it on a like, screen. Like, screens can only get, like, so good before before we can't perceive, like, oh, my gosh, it's in 12K, but I can't see squat because it's my eyesight can't perceive that well, you know? Well, I think you got to look at it this way. With these AAA companies, I did a little research on this actually before this whole podcast scenario. But um, one of the things I looked for when it came down to AAA games is that... When they try to do new IPs, they flopped, like really badly flopped. I remember when Call of Duty was partnered with Raven on something. They were working on a uh, first-person shooter, or maybe it was a third-person shooter, post-apocalyptic thing. It was kind of like Rage mixed with Borderlands, and it looked interesting and stuff. They immediately canceled the project. Immediately canceled the project after like two to three years of development, saying, we know that this is going to fail. We're just going to keep sticking to what we know. And I feel like this new type of risk is kind of going to be the, like they if they keep going on the down and easy path of being lazy, it's the only way that they personally believe that they could possibly make money. So I'm because I've seen a couple of r- reports, research, EA even tried to do some new IPs and it didn't go well. Their newest IP was Titanfall because everything else that. Oh, OK. Anthem. Apex Legends. But that came from Titan, Anthem. Uh, Anthem. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm stupid. Well, okay. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> like, okay, I, I, I do admit, like a lot of IPs do fail, but I feel like there are ones that still succeed rather well because if you think about like Nintendo re- releasing Splatoon, mm-hmm. Splatoon went fantastic. Like, there's a second one. Like, granted, the Wii U wasn't good for sales, but in ratio of the Wii U to like Splatoon sales, mm-hmm. it wasn't. Well, it's good. It's because Nintendo knows how to make quality products. Yeah, it's n- like <laughs> Nintendo e- is not really one with big glitches. I guess is the there's there's still some Breath of the Wild proved that one. <laughs> like Nintendo to me has always felt like a company that understands what they're making and why mm-hmm. they have been successful making like what they've made. EA, Activision, and all these other like AAA companies feel like it's a bunch of guys that stumbled into this industry. And now all they know is they have a lot of money, like, making what they've made and are just sort of figuring out or or just, like, trying to stumble again into something else. And it's just, like... Like, I guess the best way to put this was Activision had ran out of ideas for Call of Duty. Black Ops 4 copies Rainbow Six Siege, copies Fortnite, copies uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds. It copies Left 4 Dead in their new Zombies campaign. And it is not looking good. It really is not. It just looks like they've run out of ideas and they are just trying to figure out which is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. I I think even... I wouldn't be surprised if they announced another remastered at E3 this year. Yes. Honestly. I wouldn't be surprised either. Like, I can probably bet money on that. Like, I just feel like... The one remaster I would love is one for either Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas. And I would hope yeah. Bethesda did that. But, I mean, like, it just it just feels weird. Like, it, it is a little bit disappointing that they're just running at the end of their rope now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can, I can understand, like, some games be good enough to remaster, like you were saying with, like, Fallout. Yeah. But, like, I just don't, I just don't know at this point. Like, there's... There are obvious times in which they need to reevaluate their current game in the series. Yeah. And like, look at it and be like, what should we change instead of just going back? Like, what made the good one or the ones in the past so good? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, before we sort of finish, have you guys um, ever bought any remaster games? A lot. It, a lot. <laughs> and, like, do you guys have a favorite one? <laughs> it's, I'm sorry to say, but it really is Skyrim. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, well, you gotta put it this way. I'm on a PS4, and PS now does not have like a Skyrim stream. So you, the only way you can get Skyrim is through the special edition. And now, since PlayStation decided, okay, mods are fine with Skyrim and Fallout 4, and so you're mod- so now I am actually modding on Skyrim, and I'm enjoying it for the first time. I'm having a goddamn Thomas the Tranken- Tank Engine flying around me, <laughs> oh breathing yeah. fi- breathing uh, flowers instead of fire. Now I'm trying to fight it off with this, um, like I found one from an uh, Undertale. It's like the Lawn Doggo as your sword. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I am like cracking up. But, um, I mean, the only games I can think about because, like, I'm, I'm never like if I just see a cool game in front of me, it's like, sure, I'll buy it and sure, I'll play it. But, I mean, just Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, oh, yeah, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, Auras, those are the only games that like stick out of my mind as like, like remakes that I've, you know, played. But, yeah. I'm I'm looking into getting Warcraft three when that releases on a uh, Battle.net, and then lately I've been dabbling in StarCraft, so hmm. we'll see there. 
Go diva, go. Just, <laughs> be, just bury myself in a hole for like a year and just never come out. Those, yeah. ga- those games are. You'd be rough. one of those uh, <laughs> Korean people who die in the video game cafes playing StarCraft. Oh whatever. God, those did, stories are out like crazy, dude. I did. Um, I've I've done like two speeches on those for like my TCOM classes. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's, the level of addiction with that is stupendous it's absurd i think um in terms of games that i've played in terms of remastering i think my favorite one by far is wind waker hd okay that's a good one that's a good one i i didn't never played wind waker like the original because i had the i I was a naive nintendo gamecube kid back then i still am (laughs) and i mean like i had like the legend of zelda like that like weird four game collection you know, like, mm-hmm. game, I don't know, with, like, a 10-minute trial of Wind Waker. And so, like, I never actually did anything in Wind Waker. But, like, the remastered looks gorgeous. It improves upon the game with the fast sale. Like, everything about that game, it just feels clean. And it just yeah. is really satisfying. And I can see why it's considered, like, a favorite amongst, like, Legend of Zelda fans. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, this has been How It's Played. I have been your host, Eli Soglin. Joining me along today was... Brad Killian. Alexander Smith. Awesome. Make sure to check us out at ByteBSU.com along with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, basically all the social media feeds. And this has been How It's Played, and thank you for joining us.